Hello and welcome to a Better Father episode 47. So, something I didn't really talk about before because I just didn't, I just didn't, um, is the, the part that's hardest about this for me right now, outside of my daughter and finances, is I had a high school sweetheart. Her name was Tracy, and she was amazing. Smart, beautiful, sweet, loved me. I worked hard to convince her isn't the right word, but I was just a geeky, dorky kid who liked comic books and was kind of antisocial and a little awkward and weird and kind of had a crappy home life. And she was beautiful and popular and smart. And I had been in love with her since I first saw her in sixth grade when I moved to my... To, from my original hometown to my new hometown. And then in seventh grade, I just, she was, I gave her the title best friend in the whole world and her bestest friend in the whole wide world or something, just some cheesy seventh grade little boy stuff trying to, you know, flirt with a girl and not knowing how to tie his shoes barely, much less flirt with a girl. But it stuck and we kind of like maintained a friendship over the years and she was pretty smart and popular and I was me and and then in uh, 10th grade, 10th grade, I, uh, it's 10th or 11th grade, I got that's sad, I don't remember. Um, I went through, like I'd kind of been trying to work it and stuff and I got even more socially awkward and weird and my home life got crappier and the divorce with my mom and the new boyfriend and everything. So I was like, wasn't exactly like a, a fresh fruit off the tree to go picking. And, uh, so anyway, so I'd kind of been like reintroducing myself to her and working my way in, and I'm just weird and awkward and antisocial, and I stumble through sentences and conversation because I'm worried about sounding stupid or looking stupid or hurting somebody's feelings, and, and it's like all of this like pressure and angst to not screw something up just leads me to not talk. And, and so I kind of had been working my way up to this, and then it was Valentine's Day, and I was not dumb, but I wasn't good at school. And my teachers liked me enough that I got away with stuff. And it was almost, they're kind of like, he's just going to be whatever he's going to be. Nice enough kid. Let's just graduate him, get him out of here. So I had this weird amount of freedom in high school with my teachers where I could kind of almost do whatever I wanted to and got away with it. That's a whole side story and kind of weird. But in retrospect, probably not the best thing, but maybe they saw what I needed at the time or something or I don't know, maybe they had given up on me or maybe they figured I needed what I needed. I don't know. But anyway, so I got to leave all of my classes early to go to all of her classes early and I left her stuff at each class and I had like bought her stuff and I had written poems and notes and all these things. So every class she went to, there was something else waiting for her. And it was, it's probably more positive the way the teachers viewed me than I almost just made it sound because they're all kind of rooting for me and they're all like, really, Tracy and you? Oh, I don't see that, blah, blah, blah. And they were kind of poking fun, making jokes, although probably not wrong that, you know, beautiful, smart, successful girl and me. But so anyway, so the whole day was a day of getting her stuff and all of her classes, having it there when she'd get there. And then I went to her locker at the end of the day with a dozen roses and I wrote her this whole note and and I get to her locker at the end of school I give her the flowers and the note 
and I say, you don't have to read this now. Everything today has been from me. And when you read the note, let me know your answer. <laughs> and I can't remember the whole note or how the note goes, but the gist of the note or the end of the note, whether it was just this, if I was smart enough to just do the one line, or if I had to be me and ramble on for like six pages to get to the point. But it somewhere in there was about taking a chance. And it was basically like, take a chance on me and it, you, you'll do good or it won't be a bad thing or something. But basically it was take a chance. And so I run home and I'm just sitting by the phone waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. And she calls me and she's like, I'll take a chance on you. And it was very cheesy. It was very like set up to be kind of, you know, rom-commy for a 80s rom-commy movie because that's kind of how I'm built. But it it worked and it was the, the thing I wanted to hear. And I was just so broken and insecure. And I couldn't believe she said yes. It's like I wanted her to say yes. I was hoping she would say yes, but really didn't think she would say yes. And then we spent the next couple of years good, like good. And she, we, you know, we were a couple. We had our struggles, our back and forth and stuff. But it went from like this weird person me with this beautiful, smart girl taking a chance on me and everybody being like, really, Aaron, blah, 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 to <laughs> Levias, to, uh, to like us being the couple. Like we were like, of course they're going to end up married. And it was funny because my, a cousin of mine who actually went to the same school, we were the same age and grade, at one point had told me, like it was, all right, side note, it was funny because we, we broke up when she got to school and when she went to college, we broke up for a while because she met somebody and we were apart and, you know, she was smart and I was me. And... And my, my cousin had told me, because we'd started hanging out a little bit and stuff because she wasn't as far away. And she had told me, like, you're, you're both whipped by each other. That was kind of the thing back then, being P-whipped. She's like, but the thing is, with you two, you're both whipped by each other. So it kind of makes it okay because she's just as whipped by you as you are by her. And you two work in this really cool, neat way that I don't... I haven't seen anybody, like, work like that. And we, you know, we're freshmen in college and we my Tracy and I had been together two years three years at that point and then broke up and you know it's like oh thanks that's great to hear now that we're not together anymore she's like no you'll get back together she's like just wait like this you two are meant to work or something and it was just this crazy thing of like two stark crossed lovers never meant to intertwine in any sort of way to become a couple that like everybody was like oh no you're the you're the ones that'll make it like you are two are meant to be together and we did end up getting back together. We were engaged. And then I just was a jerk and an idiot and an asshole and scared. And I just didn't talk to her. Like, I just didn't talk to her. And I just called it off instead. And, and I walked away from this great thing. And I remember sitting on the steps with my mom. Because my whole family loved her. Her family all loved me. And it was just like her cousins, her grandparents, everybody. Like, they just loved me. And everybody on my side, I mean, like, of course, everybody. Like, for everybody to love her was like, no shit. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's sweet. She's funny. She's willing to 
be with me. And that made my mom feel like, oh, like he's going to be okay. Like this weird antisocial kid's going to be okay because he's got Tracy. And then Tracy's family just liked me because she brought out good stuff in me and she made me feel better and confident. There's a movie, I can't remember which one it is. It's one of those cheesy throwaway rom-coms. But uh, the guy was talking about how like the girl couldn't, made him feel so good he could pee in public or something like that or pee at a urinal without embarrassment or pause or whatever and and I was like that was kind of what she was to me for like a really weird way to sum that up is it's just like she made me a better you're not supposed to say it this way or whatever but she made me a better version of myself and so like I was just funny and confident and kids loved me and like her family was just like oh my god like you guys are gonna make great babies one day that's what everybody was saying like as soon as they saw we worked like that was like the big thing it's like oh my god you two are gonna have beautiful babies and and so anyway so it was just this person and because of all of me and my fears and worries and insecurities I went to the Navy and she was with me the whole time. Like, oh my God, I have so many stories and so many tears and her, me writing her during boot camp and getting letters from me, which I could tell tons of stories on this, but she would write me back and she's like, I love you and I'm sorry I can't read your letters because they're all tear stained. And I'm like sitting up in the middle of the night when I'm not supposed to, waiting to get in trouble, tired as could be, writing her just like how much I miss her and love her and how everything's going to be and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just dropping tears all over this thing and then folding it up and sending it to her. She's like, well, nice to know you were thinking of me, but it's three pages of dried paper that has ink all over it. And so I just had... So the point is I had it and I let it go for crappy reasons and as I was saying earlier like because I just wouldn't talk to her I just wouldn't tell her what was worrying me or scaring me or what my fears were or why I was so scared or I was it's crazy because I was more scared to tell her that I was having thoughts about other girls and not that I wanted to be with anybody else but like all of a sudden I was getting attention from girls because I was thin and in shape and tan from being overseas and I came back and people were giving me attention and i I couldn't just go and say to her, like, this is what I'm feeling or thinking, or I could have, I probably could have, I'll never know, but I didn't do it because I was just scared and thought, like, you don't do that, that's shitty. So instead of that, I'll just walk away and tell her the marriage is over in January when we're supposed to get married in July, and June or July, August maybe, and um, it's been a long time, and I just thought, that's the better path, that's, that's the better way to go, and then... Right after that, I met this amazing girl, Erin, and she was sweet and kind and beautiful and, again, fame, and and just awesome. And, and I just wasn't ready for that after calling it off with Tracy, and so I, I just kind of screwed that all up all over the place for all the reasons I walked away from Tracy because I didn't, I didn't want to be the person that did all this stuff my stepdad did to my mom and... I thought it was better to just walk away instead of telling her I was scared or I had these thoughts or these worries or these fears or these feelings that didn't have anything to do with her. It was all about me. And and I remember then, I know I just jumped back again, but the night that I told Tracy that I was calling it off, she was just in the bathroom crying and then she tried to leave to take a drive and I couldn't let her go and I didn't want to let her go and I wanted her to stay. And 
because I knew I didn't, I wasn't doing the right thing. I knew what I was doing was stupid and wrong, but I thought I was doing the right thing. I thought I was going to mess up. So I'd rather just, I thought I was doing the right thing by her instead of cheating on her or something else, instead of, you know, just talking to her and not cheating on her. And, or even coming to that conclusion or having to say like, you're a piece of shit. Like you can't think those things or talk those things to me or whatever. Maybe she would have been like, okay, let's talk. Let's figure this out. Don't, don't let thoughts destroy our lives. And, and then that just became the cycle. After Tracy, I, I, I mean, this is my place to say this stuff. So I'll just admit that like, I planned on never getting married and then meeting Tracy again one day and saying, I fucked up when I was 22 and I waited until we were 70. I screwed up so badly. And then I put myself in a box purgatory and it was easy to do because of all the things I've already said, but that more. And that like one day I would find her again and I could tell her like, I waited, I waited. I'm so sorry I messed up, but I waited. And there is something, uh, there's more to this, but um, maybe I'll cover that later, part two. But it just became the theme. And then I get to this other person. We'll call her Christine for fun, even though I've already slipped her name out a couple times over the 47 episodes. But it was this person that seemed to fall in line with all the other mistakes I made of she was pretty, she was smart, and she liked me, and and it was big age difference. I was her boss. And so there's just all these things where like, oh, but like the minute I saw her, Christine, yeah, um, the minute I saw her, I was just enamored with her. And I was like, crap, like here's somebody else at this new job. And then, but I didn't know anything about her other than she was pretty the moment I walked in. And then, you know, all these other things came into play and I was like, oh yeah, well, good. Cause none of that'll work out. And then, you know, we ended up here. And so, the reason I started talking about this and the reason I went down that hole is I went to see Avengers Endgame last night and I'm watching this and it's, I mean, you can take this the way you want or whatever, but it's emotional. Like sad things happen, things that like play back over the last 10 years, all this stuff. Like there is some stuff in there and then it got to me, but I kept kind of tearing up because I saw the original Avengers with Christine. And I remember going to the theater where we live currently, which at the time it was just her going to school. It wasn't a place we were ever going to be at past that moment. And and we went and saw this movie, and I remember like being loud, and some bros were next to us being bros, and it was kind of annoying because I'm like, I just want to watch this amazing movie, and you're screwing it up. So I saw the first Avengers with her, and then last night, in the middle of our divorce... I went and saw The Last Avengers without her, obviously. And it was sad. And and she's turned out... It doesn't take away her being who she is. It doesn't take away all the shitty, shitty things she's done over the last six-ish, more ten years. Because um, she wasn't at all who I thought she was or who she made herself out to be. And um, so that, that definitely plays in, but it does so doesn't take away from moments that I didn't think were crappy or I thought she was this other person. That's the hard part of all of this. 
is that she's not that person that I thought she was, but I was convinced she was. And then it's hard to let go of the person she sold herself to be, even though that's not who she is. But you invest all this time in this other idea of this person or this person that they said they were. I don't know. It's very convoluted. Catch 22 left and right. But anyway, it was still just, it was sad that it all happened the way it happened and was what it was. And and so I'm watching Avengers last night, and it was just sad. And I was just thinking, like, man, 10 years ago, well, not 10 with Avengers, but before Avengers, she was in my life before Avengers, and but we had seen Avengers together. And now it's, like, the last Avengers movie, 10 years of all of this buildup and stuff, that she was there from the beginning. And then at the end of this thing isn't anymore and it just kind of hurt and I the part that hurts is that you put all this faith and this trust and this belief in somebody thinking something about them and then it's not true and it's not real and it's broken like nobody's business and so I'm listening to Kevin Smith's review quote-unquote of Avengers Endgame and he's starting to tear up at all these points that I was tearing up at last night. And then it's, but it's wrapped around this other thing of something that is also dying that could have been something else if she was who she said she was. I keep, I hate to keep throwing that in, but I don't want this to sound like I'm nostalgic or sad or broken over her. It's over the idea of what this could have, should have, was supposed to be and ended up not being. And But there's all these, like, like not all these, but these little things are happening or popping up or whatever. And I'm sitting there watching Avengers being like, man, you were here with me on the first Avengers and now the last one. You're not. That's kind of sad. So I just needed to get that out, obviously. Um, thank you for listening to this episode. I don't know when I'll post it up because this is being recorded about an hour after my last one that I episode 46, but uh, I'll put it up soon, next couple of days or something, or save it for next week if I need it. But uh, all right, thank you for listening. Goodbye.